But this next picture that we're going to see I think this, taken is a, again, this is an astonishing picture, in fact. Yes, with infrared film. Oh, yes. And it's in the upstairs bedrooms. Just to the left there, you see what looks like a small boy's face looking out with bioluminescent eyes. This was the room of one of the young boys who was murdered there. Isn't that eerie? Now, a lot of people would say, well, is that the spirit of the young boy? No, it is not the spirit of the young boy. But it is a diabolical spirit with luminescent eyes that appears in that home to confuse the investigators. But it, it, you think that is an evil spirit, Ed? Positively. Everything about this house was evil. Generation X Paranormal. Well, hey everybody, welcome back. Hey everyone. We are Generation X Paranormal, and we're happy to have you. Do you guys go to the movies? I'm sure you do. We all do. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen The Conjuring? I would think a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Annabelle, which I'll never go see, <laughs> because if you know me, you know how I feel about dolls. They scare the you-know-what out of me. I can't stand them. Mm -hmm. Well, today we got a special treat for you. So all of those have to do with a very special couple, and you probably know who they are, because if you've seen them, they mention them throughout, well, maybe not Amityville, but at least for sure The Conjuring and for mm -hmm. sure um, Annabelle and a few other things, and that is Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes. And they are, I mean, honestly, they are the pioneers of of the paranormal, at least in my personal opinion. I won't mm -hmm. speak for you, but... I like to think of them as the grandparents of the paranormal. There you go. Which the fits in nicely. It fits in perfect. Because, this episode. Absolutely, because if they're the grandparents, mm -hmm. we have their grandchild. In fact, their grandson. Yes. And his name is Chris McKinnell. Um, he, is, he is, by no stretch of the imagination, got his own thing going on. Yes, um, which, does. which I'm sure we'll talk about, but, um, but yeah, we're really excited to have him and I certainly hope you guys enjoy it. But, uh, I mean, let's, let's bring him on. Let's talk to Chris. Let's talk to Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. I'm honored. Oh, honestly, the, the honor, honor is on, side. All on this side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we're so happy to have you. I mean, obviously, um, you know, and we're going to get to this, but not just the what your your grandparents, you know, or what your family represents, but also everything that you're doing with your foundation. So we're excited to bring you on. Um, and, and I know our audience is going to be thrilled to have to know that you're on. So, mm -hmm. um, but no, honestly, the, the honor is all on our side. So thank you so much for making time for us. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you bet. It. So kind of kicking things off, tell us, tell us about yourself and of course, how you're related to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, sure. Uh, I'm the grandson of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, my mom's Judy Spira. Um, she goes by Judy Warren now, which I think is kind of silly. Um, you got to understand, Warren isn't my grandparents' real name. My mom huh? was never a Warren. None of us are. It, my grandfather's hmm. real name is Warren uh, Edward Miney. So uh, oh. he, he just never liked the name Miney. He never liked the name Warren either. So he took it as his last name. Huh. But anyway, hmm. um, no, I'm I'm... 
obviously their grandson. I've been doing this work now for, uh, holy goodness, 43 years um, mm. since I was 16. Um, been investigating different religions, different cultures, and different ways that the paranormal manifests around the world all of this time. Uh, I'm currently living in Colombia, in South America, where I study the different ways that culture and religion shape the manifestations of the paranormal and looking at new ways to uh, help others. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, uh, and I know we spoke a little before we got started, and I know you you were you just moved, right? Yeah, I uh, I move a lot. I've lived in about ninety eight places around the world now, but wow. Columbia is uh -huh. my favorite. Um, sure. And I've moved back here. I I'm here six months out of every year. I'm trying to get my permanent residency so I don't have to keep moving. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in the past couple of years. I've lived in Peru, Paraguay, Mexico, Colombia, South, uh, Scotland, England, uh, Brazil. Uh, I, I've been around a lot in the last, oh, Spain, Portugal. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm that's, I think the last four years. Wow, that's crazy. That's well, all. That's a lot of moving, though, in four years. I'm actually years. blessed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I live out of a backpack. And I'm, I'm yeah. disabled, uh, so I'm mm -hmm. on pension. It gives me that freedom. I, I actually thank God for my disability because without it, I wouldn't be in the world able to learn and help others. So yeah. it, right. it's all for a reason. No, that's that's fantastic. I love that. And that that's so great, you know. And, and positive spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, so kind of getting, getting back a little bit on, on your grandparents, can you give kind of a real – now, of course – this is for, a big ass. This is a big ass. But um, anybody who's who's listening to this and not watching it uh, or listening to it and watching it, I think has a general idea of who Ed and Lorraine Warren were. But uh, if you could just give us a brief history, history kind of how they got started. Sure. Well, I, most people know of Ed and Lorraine Warren from The Conjuring or Annabelle movies or The Nun uh, or Amityville Horror, of course. Mm -hmm. Um but they really are some of the greatest pioneers in the paranormal world. Now, they everybody wants to say that they were the first. They weren't. There were plenty of people who came much, much earlier. This has been a, a, an obsession of humanity for all time, trying to understand the things that we don't understand in the dark. Mm -hmm. Yes. But my grandparents pushed it farther, and they opened it up to the public. They started, my grandmother was probably eight years old when her psychic abilities first manifested. And she could see auras around people. She was at an Arbor Day um, celebration at St. Charles Catholic School where I went to school, my mom went to school, my grandmother went to school. Hmm. And uh, they were planting a sapling and she saw a full grown oak and mentioned it to the nun, and the nun said, "Shh, we, we don't, we don't talk about those things." And that's how my um, grandmother learned, you know, that um, you suppress those gifts. And right. then uh, when she was sixteen, she met my grandfather. He was an usher at uh, um, a movie theater, and she never went out. 
and that one night they went out and uh, she went out with her girlfriends and she met him and he invited them out for a Coke. And afterward, as he was running across the street, she didn't see this skinny teenager. She saw this heavy set middle-aged man and she realized she was going to spend the rest of her life with him. Um, after my grandfather got out of World War II, they, my, my grandfather had grown up in a haunted house and his family didn't believe. And combined with my grandmother and her gifts, they used their mutual interest and started traveling around the world, painting um, haunted houses on glass plates and then sending my grandmother up to the door, trying to get into the haunted house so my grandmother <laughs> could figure out what was actually going on. And then in 1952, they started the New England Society for Psychic Research. And after the first movie came out, the Conjuring movie, uh, I went to my grandmother and I said, Graham, look, you know, I've been in the Peace Corps. I've, you know, been all over the world. We're getting hit by requests from everywhere now asking for help and we don't have an organization to do that and i want to expand us and i want to keep your name alive my grandmother loved the idea so awesome. today we've got over a hundred people around the world helping people who are being troubled by the paranormal which we offer all of our services for free and anonymously that's awesome yeah that's amazing I love that and you you'd mentioned that of course people came prior to to your grandparents but I know for myself, being 49, I'll be 50 this year, um, they are definitely the pioneers for us, especially my generation, because mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I had, not even just knowing that a movie exists about Amityville, but that the that, that was an actual place. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, to me, we wouldn't have this Generation X paranormal up on top of us and all these shows and these mm – -hmm everything that you consume nowadays of paranormal, in my personal opinion, none of that would exist without what your grandparents brought to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with you. I'll yeah. agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, it's an extraordinary accomplishment. They, they, they changed the world. Absolutely. Well, now that we've talked a little bit about that, let's, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us what your, and I know a little bit about your background because I've done some research, but I'm interested to hear, hear it right from you is what was your first paranormal experience? Uh, my first terrifying experience <laughs> was being locked in the museum when I was about three years old oh. by my two-year-old sister. It was oh. night. My grandfather was in the back room. My sister locked me in without probably knowing what she was doing and ran away. And I started screaming because I saw Annabelle over on the other side of the museum. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my grandfather came running, screaming out, like took care of me immediately. But boy, that that shaped my childhood. I got to admit. Mm, By the sure. time I was 10, I was... Uh, inviting the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons into my living room and trying to learn from them. Then I was studying uh, Zen Buddhism. By the time I was 14, I was going on uh, lecture tours with my grandparents and watching them give interviews on television and then going to 
the outside of haunted houses and my grandmother would describe exactly what was going on in there. I was like, are you kidding me? How is she understanding all that stuff? You know, while, while a reporter is confirming everything that the people inside the house have said has happened. And my mom, my grandmother's just going on and on about it. Like, holy, my grandmother's an yeah. X-Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, of course. But by the time I was 16, I had been afraid of the dark my whole life. Uh, you would be too, if the Warrens were your grand your grandparents. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I, I had gifts and I didn't understand that because my mom and my, my father didn't like the paranormal, didn't have anything to do with it. And my grandmother was trying to keep the peace. So she couldn't reveal, you know, yeah, Chris is gifted. She started oh. teaching me when I was like 19, but right. those first years were tough. Oh, I don't doubt that. Sure. And, uh, I went on my first case when I was 16. It was a poltergeist case I've talked about a million times. Um, but it was right out of Hollywood. Honestly, it was like nothing else. And I, I've experienced stuff, believe me. Um, oh, sure. I've had over 10,000 cases. But we got a call from this husband and wife. They had two girls. The girls were not at the house. They had inherited this tract home in uh, Lee, Massachusetts. And it had belonged to the father's uncle. And when they first moved in, this little boy appeared in their bedroom door at night and said, where do all the lonely people go? Now, the mom had uh, converted from Judaism and was a devout Catholic. She had, she had done this to marry her husband. And she had called her local priest to have him come in the next day and do a complete um, spiritual cleansing of the home. And from that night on, that little boy spirit never came back again. But that mm -hmm. night, his, um, the husband was working at the local mill. And this hulking black shape came into the bedroom picked up the woman's uh, rosary beads and twirled them as if to say, you think these are going to stop me? Yeah. Wow. She ran out of the bedroom and ran to the first, uh, the first girl's bedroom. And there was a attic, uh, you know, those pull down stairs to the attic sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Actually we have, we have one as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this one came smashing down on the poor woman's head as she was trying to open the door to her daughter's uh, bedroom. And there were no locks on the bedroom doors, and yet she couldn't get in. Once she recovered her senses, the doors opened, she got them out, and that's when they called my grandparents. My grandmother didn't come with us that first night. It was August. I was 16 years old, 1980. And it was me, my grandfather, and Paul Bartz. He was a, a man who has assisted my grandparents. And the husband and wife were sitting outside the house. They wouldn't go in without us. As soon as we got in, the whole house was shaking mm. from the pounding in the walls. And you could hear clawing and growling. Um, so downstairs is just a living room and a kitchen. And most of the heavy stuff has been removed from the house because they've had poltergeist activity, things flying around, including the refrigerator. 
But in the living room, there's still a, um, a sofa and a recliner. As we're going up the stairs, the pounding is literally shaking the walls. And I get to the top of the stairs and I can see that that attic uh, staircase has been pulled down. And I look in the, the bathroom off to my left and there's a giant crucifix on the bathroom wall turned upside down. Right out of Hollywood again. Yeah. And my grandfather says, Chris, I want you to sit in the dark and wait for something to happen while we go downstairs oh. and use religious provocation to make this thing show itself. Like, you, 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 what, what, what? Gramps, I'm afraid of the dark. You want yeah. me to sit in the dark where this woman's been attacked? And yeah, while you do while provocation. While you go downstairs and piss this thing off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of religious provocation. Um, so for the next hour, that's exactly what I did. I, I sat there listening to it, reporting it back to my grandfather. And they kept trying to bring this pot of Holy Church incense up the stairs. And it kept going out. So eventually right. they gave up and they left it on the on the on the stovetop. But <clears throat> then at midnight we we tried to do another religious provocation. It didn't nothing happened. Everything died down. We ran out, the wife and I, we got some sandwiches. We went out the front door, came back with those. And then we had an all-night radio station, WTIC 1060 AM radio with Brian Dow out of Hartford, Connecticut. Still remember it. And the husband and the and, and Paul Bartz were upstairs on one of the girls' phones in, the, in their bedrooms. I was in the recliner with that giant crucifix and a phone. And the... <laughs> The woman and my grandfather were on the couch in the same room with me. At three o'clock, two hulking black shapes came down the stairs and stood in front of us in the dark. And you could still see them. And the woman screams that her face is on fire. It's now almost 3.15. My grandfather sh shined the uh, flashlight on her face. And on the left side of her face, we watched three claw marks appear and blood drip down on her chest. Then that holy church incense that was in the kitchen came flying around the corner out of the kitchen and straight at my head as I'm standing there or sitting in the recliner. I mean, phone in one hand, crucifix in the other. And under my breath, I'm saying, by the power of Jesus Christ, I command you to be gone. By the power of Jesus Christ, I command you to be gone. Exactly what my grandfather taught me. And the pot veers off, hits the window behind me. The shades fly up. The pot crumpled, flattened, and yet the window Jeez. didn't break. The woman screams she wants to get out of the house. The lights are going on and off by themselves. I'm like, good idea. Let me help you get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I run to that front door so fast, and it won't open. The same door we had just been out to go get sandwiches. And then the recliner I'd just been sitting in tumbles across the room at me. The door opened up by itself. She and I ran out of there. And one of us got physically ill. I can't honestly remember who it was. Um, and we left my grandfather sitting there, calmly describing on the phone to the radio station exactly what was going on. Wow. 
Wow. And the, you know, the funny thing is, I had been afraid of the dark my entire life. And that mm-hmm. night, I went home. And for the first time in my life, I went to bed without a light on. And I have never been afraid of the dark again. Yeah. I would have thought it would have gone the other way around. <laughs> well, I no, mean, it, it, if you immerse yourself in your fears, if you don't fight your fear, if you literally just absolutely cover yourselves in your fears, you can overcome them. Agreed. You can see that you can live through those things. Yeah. Greatest gift my grandfather ever gave me was helping me to learn to face my fears. Hmm. Absolutely. And I agree a hundred percent. I, I am definitely one of those that will face my fears. I'm not going to tell you I won't get sick and scared and lose my, oh, yeah. Life, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, I definitely face them. But um, yeah, I, that, that case. And I don't know if it, that sounds familiar. It sounds like that. Um, that's, it was a very famous case and I don't know if it's um, the one I'm thinking of, but is that the Smurl case or. No, that's another okay. one of my cases. The okay. Smurls, the Snedekers, the uh, 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 the Therials, Maurice Therial. All okay. of those are my cases as well. But uh, I think the refrigerator no. was what made me think about that for a second. I don't. I don't well, know. What it... Refrigerators fly around a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not so unusual, actually. <laughs> wow, that's just wow. Yeah. I mean, we've both had multiple experiences yeah. throughout our life, but nothing to that extent no. ever. So it's just like, wow, I don't know how I would react in that situation. Well, I think my, I know. My, how my, grandfather used to, my grandfather used to say, you know, people would ask him, why don't we see these things? He says, well, if you want to hunt tigers, you got to go where tigers are. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Perfect response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned earlier something about, um, you having gifts that your, your grandmother helped you with. Um, do you think that she passed on some of those to you? I mean, to that extent of, of your grandmother's ability or I, I, I was not, how do I put this growing up? I used to hear the voices and I could sense things. And my, my dad didn't have roots. Uh, he was a, a London boy and we moved around constantly and, didn't matter what room I had, I always had the cold, cold, cold room because the spirits were attracted to me and they would suck the heat right out of the room. Hmm. Um, by the time I had my first case, I had been starting to feel things that I was needing my grandmother to answer for me. Like, why do I feel this heavy pressure? What does it mean when it's squeezing my head? You know, what are these hmm. colors I'm seeing? And she would help teach me all of that. And so in college, I was reading auras and eventually I realized that's not something I should do because I knew yeah. too much and I was scaring too many people. You know, yeah. everybody thinks it's a parlor trick and they all want you to do it until you do it. Right. And right. I'm not uh, the most subtle guy in the world. I'm, I'm really honest. Mm-hmm. So if I see a vulnerability or a pain in you, I'm going to mention it. And right. so I, when I was 26, I said, no more, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That makes but sense. About four or five years ago, I came down to South America and everybody just assumed, Oh, Chris is a psychic. So they've, they've been asking me to do things. And yeah, I, I mean, I knew I was warned 
before my grandmother died that once she went, I was going to explode. And yeah, I've become a medium. I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, But yeah, when it comes to helping a spirit, I don't make a distinction between the living and the dead. You know, just because you got out of the car that broke down doesn't mean you're not still a person. You know, right. Sure. The, the car is just our body. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well said. So I'm willing to help anybody, living or dead. Uh, that's awesome. But I'm not willing to perform. Right. Right. You know, right. I'm that's not willing to there. put on shows or things mm-hmm. like that. Right. I use my, my abilities for my work and that's all. Well, I think that's commendable. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Do you? Well, my grandma so, always said that uh, they're gifts from God, and we're not supposed to make money off of them. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I agree, hundred yeah, percent. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and I I think I know the answer to this, but I, I'm curious to, to your response. Um, have you ever had an interaction with a, an inhuman entity or a spirit or something like that? And also. Has it ever followed you home? More times than I can count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm an exorcist, but I'm an exorcist who doesn't believe in demons. I, I don't okay. like the term demonology. Uh, hmm. To me, it's a flawed term because it, it's based on a religion. It's not based on a field of study. And my grandfather was a religious demonologist. That's what he called himself, right. you know, but in my travels around the world and I've lived on five continents, um, I've seen that the paranormal manifests according to our beliefs and our cultures okay. and our, our spirituality. And that says more about us than it does about whatever that is. Uh, have you ever heard of an egregore or a thought form? Yes. Yes. We recently heard that. It's basic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's basically well, like manifesting for, right. for your audience. Right. So that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, it yeah. It's a spirit created by human living energy, like a mm-hmm. poltergeist, like a poltergeist. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Having said that, you know, if you're, if you're a jackass in life and you die, you're going to be a jackass in death as well, and you can still cause trouble. And if mm-hmm. you're a particularly motivated and focused individual, you can cause a lot of trouble. Sure. Um, but I believe that sometimes, like, for, in- for instance, Annabelle. Everybody wants to think Annabelle's this demon. I don't agree. I think it's an egregore. I think it's thought form. Okay. A tulpa. Okay. Uh, the... The family, the, the the nursing students had put so much love into this doll that had been given to them by one of the mothers. They right. carried it with them everywhere. They had it at their breakfast and their lunch and their dinner and their bed and everything. And one day it mm-hmm. moves. And at first, they're all delighted and they think it's wonderful. So they have a, a series of seances. They get this ridiculous story about it being a little girl named Annabelle who died in front of the house, who's just looking for a family to love her, none of which is true. But it makes these nursing students throw even more of their energy into it. 
until yep. Annabelle and starts leaving little messages and parchment and moving around the house, and they start getting creeped out. Their energy goes from positive to negative, and that's when the doll starts becoming dangerous. So okay. to me, that's a kind of a, a good example of how mm -hmm. we can create our own demons, if you want. Okay. Yeah, that's a great... Don't get me wrong. They are deadly. Oh, sure. We've yeah, had yeah. people die from possession tw twice. So I'm not saying it, it's not serious as can be. I'm not mm -hmm. downplaying this. I'm just sure, saying no, yeah. it isn't it isn't what we think it is. And you know, people see these videos of my grandparents from the 70s and 80s, and they think they know my grandparents, or they read the demonologist from 1978, or Deliver Us from Evil from 1968 or 69, and they think they know my grandmother and grandfather. But that's a snapshot in time. In right. in, in collaboration with other authors who wrote the stories and mm -hmm. even with the producers or the directors, the people giving interviews, they changed their views over time. They, this is a, this is a, a field of research. It's not a religion. Right. And people shouldn't think they're getting an awful lot from looking at those very, very old videos. We have progressed beyond there. My grandparents right. taught me everything they know. You know, I'm, I'm so lucky I got to start with them. You yes, know? you are. But yeah, we've absolutely. moved beyond. We have to. Yeah. Well, I would imagine things evolve. And, and I would agree. It would be very difficult to get to try to get one large view from such a small snip at a time. I think um, I would think everything kind of moves forward. There's some, mm -hmm. you know, there's some part of not just not just in a religious belief, but even scientific things progress. There's there's markers that that help us indicate, okay, we've come this far and this is where we're headed now. So I, oh, yeah. I, I just kind of want to see your opinion on this. So this is a big paranormal thing for where we live, Missouri, and for my family in particular, because my family's from St. Louis, Missouri, which is where the actual story of the exorcist happened. Um, so do you think that could be what you were talking about, a manifestation that, that caused that possession to happen? It could be. I was lucky enough to actually meet one of the three exorcists who performed oh, that uh, that exorcism back in what was it, forty nine? Yeah, um, yeah, it was and early. None of them died, by the way. The, the priests all lived. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he he showed up at one of my grandparents' uh, lectures. I think it was in Ohio back in God nineteen seventy eight. Wow. So yeah, he was a very nice man. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered about that because I but, know, you know I, I think people who want to learn about the paranormal should be mm -hmm. studying quantum physics and how quantum phenomena they are discovering actually happens on the macro scale here in the in the physical world. Because I think once we really truly have a unified field theory in um physics that's when we're going to start unlocking a lot of the secrets of the paranormal. It's energy. Everything is vibration. Yeah. Everything. Even spirits, even ghosts, you know, even us. Everything around you is... The energy flowing through you right now is flowing through me as well. We are all connected. Absolutely. I, I understand the, 
the the thought about demonology and demonic possessions and stuff like that. And and that's a great, um, I guess to have that knowledge is fantastic. But do you find that there is a, I guess a characteristic of a person that invites that more than anybody else? Yes. We always look for the underlying vulnerability that makes a person open to the paranormal because most people can play with the Ouija board their entire lives and never have anything happen. But if you've got some kind of vulnerability, a depression, uh, trauma, PTSD, uh, domestic violence, drug abuse, whatever it is, that's what we're looking for to treat as well as the paranormal. We deal with everything holistically. We, we cannot, this is something I learned in the Maurice Theriot case. He was a horribly traumatized man. He had been haunted by his father, possessed by his father, in my opinion. Mm. And eventually it led to his death. And it's because he didn't get the trauma treatment he needed after the exorcism. We didn't understand that then. That was a long time ago. Right. And that was a hard lesson to learn. But we we need to deal with that. We need to deal with those things that make you vulnerable. If if you think that I'm going to go in and wave around a magic wand and it's all going to go away, that's not the way this works. There is a purpose to everything you go through in life. And although these negative things that happen to us we think aren't great, the truth is we control our response to those things. We control what we learn from those things. And if God is putting it in our path to maybe push us one way or another, mm-hmm. he's not going to take away your free will, but he's going to try and get you to learn the lessons he wants you to learn. Right. So that you can <laughs> be the tool that he needs you to be. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And the truth is my faith. And I've, I've looked for faith for over 50 years on my 59. <clears throat> My faith came when I realized, according to NASA, there are more living worlds in the universe than there are grains of sand on Earth. Right. More living worlds. Mm-hmm. And my faith came when I stopped trying to understand the mind of God, when I realized that was absolutely the most self-centered thing I could have ever thought I could do. <laughs> and when I accepted my, my ignorance... And that God had a greater perspective than I did. And that I'm only one thread in an infinite tapestry. That's where faith comes. That's knowing it isn't up to me. Have faith that God's going to put me where I need to be. Yeah. It's definitely that leap that, that you take that, mm-hmm. that opens you up to that. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. that, And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that's, that's really impactful and very profound. I and we do appreciate that for sure. Um, well, you mentioned so, something about this being what the your audience was like, and I wanted to really un- let them understand. Sure, you. no, for sure. And and that I, you couldn't have hammered it home any better than that because that is truly the core of our audience. That that definitely has that. And we mentioned before we got started, and, and I've said this in a few of our shows that. If, if they believe a third of the stuff that we talk about, I'd be surprised. But I think all of them have have a touch of something that, that has either reached out to them or they've said, okay, mm-hmm. not everything is at face value here. And, and it is oh. that, that 
that yearning for that knowledge? You know, back in um, 1900, the, the president of the United States Patent Office said that they wouldn't need to publish any more patents because everything that could be learned had been learned. <laughs> right. That's awfully nearsighted. <laughs> we, we don't know as much about the, the bottom of the ocean as right. we do about exactly. the moon. That's absolutely and correct. That's our local, our, our local area mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Backyard. Yeah. So imagine what we don't know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Couldn't yeah. agree more. You know, you had, you had talked about um, some of the cases that you've been involved with and just the ones you've spoken about are pretty, pretty scary for the most part, mm-hmm. but, and, and maybe this is a case already, but what is the, the most scariest case or the, at least the most impactful. And if, obviously if you need to keep anonymity, please, by all means. No, no, but, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah. This one's in a book and it's okay. the Maurice Thuriel case. Okay. Uh, that's Satan's harvest. And because it changed everything. My grandfather had a heart attack during the exorcism. Mm. I watched this man come under attack so many times. I confronted him while under attack. I was the one protecting the bishop during the exorcism. Um, but it was our failure that was most important. Yeah. The fact that his father had called him one day and said, Maurice, I just want you to know that I love you. First time he'd ever said that to Maurice. And while Maurice listened on the phone, his father put down the other receiver, went in the other room, picked up his gun, killed Maurice's mother, and then killed himself while Maurice listened. And Maurice ended up doing almost exactly the same thing a couple of years after the exorcism. He waited for his wife to come home. As she's getting out of the car, he blew her arm off, dragged her bleeding into the kitchen, and she sat there for 10, 15 minutes thinking, this is it. I'm going to die just like my, like his mother did. At the last moment, he turned the gun on himself and blew his head off. That's so sad. We don't ignore the, the underlying issues. Right. You know, those, those were everything. And if a family isn't going to cooperate with us, there's not much we can do. Honestly, right. they have to be willing to walk the path with us. They sure. have to understand this is their spiritual battle as well. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. We'll fight with you. We'll we'll lead you. We'll hold your hand. We'll guide you. But at the end of the day, you've got to stand up too. This is mm-hmm. your fight. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely correct. I that's wow. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, that would be hard to deal with going home knowing cool. that you couldn't save them. Like that would be my biggest regret, but even though it's not in your control, but that would be, it would be hard to live with that. The number of people that come to us who are so invested in it being one thing and not another, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a demon. It's not drug addiction. Right. No, it's drug addiction. Sure. Mm -hmm. And you need to get it fixed. Yeah. And it's funny you mention that because we we spoke to a few other people in the field and and it's it's interesting and and quite uh, you know it it really level sets a lot of things when you realize that not everything is a paranormal experience sometimes it is a a true 
um, illness or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's not necessarily supernatural in nature. So that's, um, there's another important point I need to make here for your audience. This is really important. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I think the important thing I don't want to get hidden in this conversation is we're looking for those underlying issues. That doesn't mean the paranormal isn't there. That's the reason the paranormal is there. Sure. You know, your depression, your schizophrenia, your, your drug abuse. Don't hide that from us, please. I'm begging you. Because that's the thing we need to understand. If you go to your doctor and you say, I'm only going to give you half my symptoms. Good luck. Exactly. A lot of people do that too. (laughs) Exactly. They're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it takes time for us to build a rapport with our, our mm-hmm. clients and help them to understand we're not judging them. But right. if we don't have complete information, how are we going to save you? How are we going to help you? Yeah. No, that's absolutely correct. I mean, you need that whole, I guess, yeah, visceral picture. look of the entire <clears throat> picture. So, no, that I, I'm so glad you lined that out. And that, that is true. I And I, I'm so happy you pointed that out to our listeners and well, um, our audience because – yeah, I mean, just because you have these other non-supernatural things doesn't mean that that mm-hmm. that, that there isn't a supernatural element going on. So, oh, no, absolutely. That's true. As a matter of fact, that's usually why it is. Right. You know, we, we look at – we have two psychic support groups online, one in English, one in Spanish. My grandmother used to um, help people one-on-one, but after the movies came out, well, we've got over a 1,000 people around the world now who are in these support groups. Sure. Um. And there, I apologize. I, you know, this is the, the strangest thing. I, I've kind of lost the thread of why I brought this up. Except okay. I think what I was trying to say here is um, we're well aware of what we're capable of. Right. That human beings can do amazing things. For instance, I was in a bed with my cousin in a formerly haunted home. Had not had anything happen for two years. And we were invited to spend the night. So the 10-year-old was sleeping in a uh, uh, sleeping bag on the floor. We got his bed. We were in our sleeping bags. And the boy was upset. You know, we had taken his bed, of course. Sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then my cousin starts yelling at me that I'm kicking the bed. I'm like, I'm not kicking the bed. There's nothing going on. The bed picks up, flies across the room, slams down, and breaks into pieces. And I just started laughing. Because nothing had happened in that house for two years. And as soon as we show up and upset that boy, he hooked into that power again. And he sent us flying. So... You know, we 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 want to blame. I I'm, I'm back to where I was to why I brought up the psychics, sure. because often what we're dealing with isn't a demon, isn't a ghost. It is your psychic abilities, and we are here to help you with those as well. That's that. Sorry, that was my whole point with where I was going for. No, that's great. That's uh, great because yeah. I think a lot of people um, struggle with that. <clears throat> oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. Yeah. I think I am in the position where you were at many years ago, where I'm flat out denial about a lot of things. But yeah, 
Yeah, but, you know, I am the most skeptical guy who's seen everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of in that same in that same spot, but uh, obviously I don't have the the breadth of experience that you've had. But the the things that I have had a chance to experience that I just um, yeah, I'm still trying to work my way through those things. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I know all these amazing psychics, and when I do use my abilities, I, I constantly astound myself. But I don't trust psychics at all. Ever, without any, without evidence, I will never trust myself. I don't allow a psychic to talk to a family and say, "Oh, I feel that you have blah 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 blah." No, right. you shut up. You don't yeah. talk to that person. <laughs> you know, you can talk to your team leader. You can give them your notes afterward. They mm-hmm. let them do their investigation without you. You do your walkthrough without them, and then we'll compare notes. Sure. But I am never going to allow. A psychic, because if you're a client who believes in psychics, and if I say the wrong thing, I can send you down the rabbit hole. And no psychic in the world is right more than 70% of the time. And those are the best psychics. Right. That means 30% of the time they're getting something wrong. And that's, that's a chance for me to hurt someone that I'm not willing to take. Right. So I don't, yeah, no, I, 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 I use my abilities, but I use them extremely carefully. And mm-hmm. if you want, we can certainly chat about that in you know private. And I'd be okay. more than happy to help you. I appreciate that. It may very well take you up on that. But uh... <laughs> my pleasure. So matter of fact, gonna... if you go to um, the Warren Files YouTube channel, yeah. that's the Warren Files. Um, we've got a number of really good psychics who've done some good videos to help you learn how to. Um, refine your abilities how to train how to protect yourself how to avoid mistakes all sorts of we've got over 100 videos on there so it's well, a definitely. good resource for you it's not a bunch of the whole what was that that guy right we don't do that we're we're we're, we're here to educate well thank That's you for great. letting me know that and in our audience too and yeah i will i will absolutely check that out thank you great so one thing we kind of want to you know which we privately know these things, but for the audience, they can't separate Hollywood from reality. So we want to cover just a couple <laughs> of these things um, just to kind of get the, the clarity out there, because yeah. I think people go and watch these movies and then they're like, Oh my God, you know, that there's no way all this stuff happened, which half of it doesn't, but half of it does. So we want to kind of clarify just a little bit and we don't have to speak about it for a very long time, but as far as Amityville, I know your grandparents were there for what, like only like a day they were in the yeah, house? they were invited like in by Channel 5 News. Right. And all okay. of the photos and video taken were taken by Channel 5, not by my grandparents. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The mysterious picture of the little boy right. uh, yeah. peeking out of the the bedroom, which I've been accused of being that little boy. I was about to say walls. that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Um, that was actually taken by a, a Channel 5 uh, news photographer. So wow. no way my grandparents could have faked that. Yeah, right. I know, because that's the big thing. That's got to be fake yeah. because it was so clear. But I remember the first time, I and I was a kid, first time I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like yeah. It was the first time I was like, wow. Yeah, because yeah, well, that's a very clear picture. The old digital, I mean, the pre-digital was always better photography. 
Oh, yeah. Always Absolutely. Getting mm-hmm. spirits. Digital, you've got all the light flares and the mm-hmm. distortions, and I hate digital photography. It's terrible. Well, yeah. pixelation has a big thing to do with it because if a pixel can't make out what it is, it sort of kind of does its own thing, its own interpretation of what's actually there. Yeah. 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 And then people naturally want to look for patterns in everything. That's, yes, that's how they survive. You know, it's right. our caveman roots looking for the the cat in the tall grass. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so the one it, thing about Amityville, in the movie at least, they show the the walls bleeding. Was that something that actually happened or is that all Hollywood made up stuff? Well, according to George and Kathy, there was an excretion that came okay. out on the stairs and they scooped it up. Uh, bleeding walls, I don't know for sure. Right. Now, okay. I met the whole family when I was young, and then I unfortunately had a run-in with Christopher Lutz when I was studying the Kogi people in the jungles in the Sierra Nevadas of Colombia. He, uh, I, I was literally sitting on top of an anthill in, using a solar-powered router, in the jungle so I'd have internet and he had contacted me to threaten my life because he thought I was making Amityville movies. Oh, jeez. You know, the movies are movies. Hollywood, once they buy the rights to something, they don't care about the truth. Right. Yeah. The, the most overused sentence in marketing in Hollywood is based on a true story. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Based. Yeah. There's the yeah. whole word based. <laughs> the nun, by the way, does not exist. It's a I, complete yeah. James Wan fabrication. The mm-hmm. Annabelle, Annabelle is real, but doesn't look like the movies. The movies no. right. are not based on any reality whatsoever. The Conjuring movies are based on real cases, but the details mm-hmm. are much, much different. Right. Yes. I think the first one is the best uh, by Agreed. far. Agreed. And isn't that uh, the, the one your one grandmother actually consulted on yeah mm, yeah you can well, tell. she also consulted on the second one as well oh she did um, okay but not as much um her alzheimer's was really getting quite bad by then mm. but yeah, yeah you can tell the difference stay for the uh she didn't even stay for the opening she left like 30 minutes into it she was too tired oh yeah i know with um especially with that case um like i've seen a lot of the of the behind the scenes with the parent family and things like that. And I understand there's a lot of, a lot of things that aren't shown in the movie and things that, that did happen. And anyway, well, I know books, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she was very uh, prolific. I knew that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, you're right. The movies were, were something else. I think um, now Amityville horror, that movie I, I had already known, and oddly enough, um, I was raised in Arizona, but also raised in, in uh, California, in the San Diego area. So I knew who the Lutzes were. And um, I, I knew, I didn't know them, but I knew kind of the background. And I I had the vantage point of having learned some of that. So when I saw the movie later, I kind of knew that there was a, a lot of um, Hollywood uh taken its advantage of certain things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 George was a tough guy. He, he, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And <laughs> his, his uh, adopted son doesn't like him at all. That's for sure. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, but you know, another one of my grandparents, well, actually it was my case was, um, the haunting in Connecticut as well. Yes. Yes. And, um, terrible that, movie. even yeah. worse book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, I think the only thing that I give, um, that at least uh, I tip my, my hat to Hollywood is at least bringing it to the forefront a little bit. Um, you know, it makes it a little more mainstream. Um, the only thing I don't like is it, is it, it sometimes ushers people into to doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing, um, yeah. getting into things that they probably don't understand. Um, that that's the part that scares me a little bit when, you know, of course, liberties in Hollywood, they're going to take them. I get it, but yeah, but yeah. it's unfortunate. Like if they would just stick to what actually happened, that's just scary enough. Some of I it just know. doesn't put butts in seats. You know, I mean, it just, that, yeah. that's when we look at well, it. Well, you're you trying know. to condense, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks of activity into a two hour movie or an hour and a half movie. Right. And, you know, they, they want yeah. to go over the top, which I never understand. Um, I don't either. You know, that especially me because not like to Conjuring yeah. 2 was far worse than what they showed in the movie. Uh, and they, exactly. they why are you ignoring all of that good stuff? Well, bad right. stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, but I guess my biggest complaint isn't just Hollywood. It's television. It's TikTok, It's YouTube. It's anybody watching and thinking they're learning anything about the paranormal from all these jackasses who just want their clicks and likes and bait, clickbait, right. whatever it's called. I've done this my whole life and nobody knows who I am. And I'm only moving forward now because my grandparents are gone. I have no choice. Yeah. I mean, this has always been my life. I just, I didn't like the publicity. Now I've got, I've got no choice. And I did it because I've been watching all of these people go out there thinking, Oh, I learned something watching ghost adventures. And then they try to do it and they get hurt. Exactly. Like, no, please don't do that. Right. Yeah. And that's the part I agree. That That's a part that worries me a lot with that. Yeah. So in your experience, what what is more common? And I guess common is a kind of a fluctuating word, but would you, and especially knowing what your, what your grandfather had, do you find that places are more haunted or that items are more haunted? And I know that's kind of interwoven please. a little bit. Okay. Places. Places. Um, I think the worst part of my grandparents' legacy is that they ever called that place a museum. Everybody wants to collect crap now. And my grandparents mm-hmm. didn't collect things to make money. They didn't collect things because they thought it was cool. They did it as a prison, right. as a place to protect people from those energies. It was never open to the public except by special invitation and in right. very small groups. And very well controlled. You do not touch anything in that museum ever. Because if your energy happens to interact with something that wants you, that's the most dangerous object in the in the place for you. So right. yeah, no, I, I I wish my grandparents had never called it a museum. I wish that people would stop being fooled by auctions on eBay and right. You know, I'm sorry, just because somebody can tell you a good ghost story doesn't mean that object is haunted. Exactly. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. And if it sense. is, why do you want it? <laughs> why play Russian roulette? Absolutely. No, and, and, and having seen some of the, uh, you know, some of the past interviews with the grandfather, I think 
You're absolutely right. He, uh, the way I always took it is he saw that as more like a vault. You stick it in there. Yeah. It's away from existence and nobody should go in there. And I, you know, of all those artifacts that are in there and it, every time I, you know, whether it was in the movies or whether it was, you know, obviously some of the interviews that they have done with your grandfather, but you know, I look at all that and I go, what, what, what's gotta be the most, most haunted thing in there. You know what I mean? There's, there's such a wealth of different things in there. Um, was there one that was more, I guess, I Everybody thinks yeah. it's Annabelle, right? But yeah, I mean, my, sure my grandmother and grandfather said it was Annabelle, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would say a third of the things in there are not haunted at all. Um, okay, my grandfather would think something was cool or creepy, or I would bring something back from my travels, like a African sacrificial knife, and that would end up on display as well. Okay, um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, no. as long as we're aware of what is and isn't right. an actual right. artifact, you know, right. the other things are there for educational purposes or their books or what right. have you. Um, right. But there, yeah, there are some definitely deadly things. There's a, there's a, a small, hard for you to tell, about a foot long <laughs> diorama, we'll call it, of a child's grave it says Warren on it and it was used it was left outside my grandfather's art studio, the museum, uh, as a curse against him oh back God. in the seventies. And it's still in there today. Wow. Wow. Now, you gotta remember my grandfather one night he was out walking and he had an arrhythmia and his heart stopped for 15 minutes. Whoa. 15 minutes. Yeah. And when she came back, yeah, there wasn't much left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, having seen him have that exorcist or have the heart attack during the exorcism, mm -hmm. it makes me often wonder, you know, yeah. what really became of my grandfather. Right. No, that's. This is uh... not, this is not, I'm not a believer in para-unity. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. Um, that's like saying, gee, I really want to learn brain surgery. Here's your scalpel. I support you. Right. No. Yeah. You know? Great point. No, no. Can we please have you sit down and learn before wow. you run out and start trying to help people? Right. Right. I mean, you can't help somebody if you yourself couldn't help yourself if you got yeah. in trouble. And if you don't know what you're doing. I mean, there's a reason yeah. first responders are first responders. They're trained. That's right. right. Mm, that's scary. I can't imagine the energy in that room in the yeah. museum, like walking in, feeling all that energy. It's yeah. always very, very cold. It doesn't okay. matter what time of year it is. My grandfather would sleep there in the summer because it was always ice cold. Huh. He would sleep. I could not sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, there's no sleeping oh, going on for me there. Oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> so kind of keeping in, in the same token in it. I tread lightly on this because we've mentioned it before, but uh, you mentioned Ghost Adventures, and obviously there's a there's a gentleman who runs that show, um, and he claims that he has items from the Warren Museum. Is is that? Yeah, he uh, claims that it's, it's that's a lie. Okay, he, which we figured. We just want it clarified. Yeah, <laughs> he he has been alluding to the idea that he has Annabelle there. Yeah. There's a. Uh, 
rocking chair that came from one of my grandparents' cases. It was sold to them by the brother of uh, a young man who was coming under possession. But nothing has ever come out of my grandparents' museum and into his museum. Never going to happen. And the fact that. that the museum is owned by my mom and her husband, and her husband can't stand uh, Mr. Baggins. Yes. Uh, it is Baggins, not Bilbo, right? I, I remember it's a... <laughs> it's, it's, yes. it's, it's this Zach. is how I remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's a hobbit, for God's sake. That's all I remember. I love the, I love the Lord of the Rings uh, reference, though. That's awesome. <laughs> And that's how I remember it's my it's my mnemonic device. So yeah, yeah that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so and that's the other thing I wanted to tell everybody. From my understanding, Annabelle is still there, right? Nobody's oh, taken. Yeah. No, it's yeah. still in the yeah. museum, locked up. Right. Good. Good it, deal. It, yeah. My 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 dad my mother's uh, husband takes it to, out to events occasionally, but uh, I'm not a fan of that. I think my grandfather and grandmother would have hated that idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But right. I apologize. Uh, no, we've got a big dog out there. We're dog lovers, and our dogs have. And I'm surprised they haven't done it at this point. But they they've been known to make occasional visits on our show, so we're perfectly <laughs> yeah, fine with that. Good. No problem. Great. So I, I I would imagine this is probably a no, but is it possible to remove like an entity from an inanimate object? Like, is there any way to get something yes. off of an object? There is. There, yes, but I wouldn't. Okay. Because it can move right. maybe to a person? Well, you can move it to a person or you're just freeing it to then mm-hmm. go out and okay. attack again, which is why we haven't destroyed the items that are in the museum. Because you're okay. just relieving them of their anchor. Right now, okay. they're anchored down. They're, they're held in place. Right. What so I if you were able to... to do with an object, if they feel that it's uh, haunted... Mm-hmm. Take it far away from any house, not on your property, not on anyone's property. Dig a hole a foot deep. Consecrate the ground with holy waters, blessed salt, whatever you have. Bury it, consecrate it again, and walk away. Never, ever go back to the item. And okay. what happens is the negative energy leaches into the earth, and you're safe. It's grounded. Okay. I know a lot of people try to like burn objects if they right. think no, so that, that would just bad idea. it. Yeah. So don't burn yeah. it. Everybody yeah. listening, don't burn it. No, no, you, you don't want to release the energy. You know, that that's a basic rule of uh, Einstein's theory of relativity You know, the conservation of energy. You can't destroy energy. All you can do is transform it. Right. And so you don't want to transform that object that anchor and let this thing free sure no that makes absolute sense yeah yeah so we're kind of kind of getting to a point where i really want to focus uh, about the the foundation that you currently are, are running sure and um what could you tell us about the uh warren legacy foundation and kind of a, a background on that if you don't mind my pleasure um I own the foundation. Okay. But I do not run the foundation. Okay. The foundation is run by three amazing managers 
by an entire board of directors, by our regional directors and their assistant directors around the world, and by all the frontline people who actually are out there helping people. They're, sure. they're the foundation, not me. I just work for them. Okay. I'm there to do everything I can to make their jobs easier so they can help others. I am the luckiest guy in the world. My grandparents' name have attracted so many amazing, good people, great researchers who are dedicated to helping others without egotism, without, you know, a desire mm -hmm. to be famous. They're just in it to help. Right. And it's the most humbling, wonderful experience in my life. Uh, we've been doing here. this forever. Uh, honestly, between the hundred people we've got, we've got thousands of years of experience amongst us. And we're here for you. If, if you need help, get a hold of us at www.warrenlegacyfoundation.com or you can go to me on Instagram at Warren Files or you can go to The Warren Files on YouTube, you know, there or find us on Facebook, Warren Legacy Foundation. Absolutely. Or find me on Facebook, Chris McKinnell. And I'm more than happy to answer your questions, more than happy to uh, give you any guidance I can give you, or at the very least, help you to find the help you need. You know, people like to call us ghost hunters or psychic investigators. I hate the term ghost hunter, to be honest. It was one of my I don't like it either. Love. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hunt people, so I'm right. not going to hunt ghosts. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, but... I, I think of us more as um, paranormal social workers. We will help you get the services you need. Period. That's awesome. Great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So what advice would you give to those are, who are wanting to get into the field of paranormal research? Do it with a reputable team first. Learn from them. Take your time. Learn psychology. Learn uh, quantum physics. Learn counseling techniques. Learn to listen and learn humility. Yeah. Uh, study more than one religion. Do not study one religion. Because one religion gives you a myopic view. And that's not healthy in this work. Yeah. You have to be open-minded. You have to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot go into this thinking you know everything. You don't. None of us are experts in this field. Right. And the moment this becomes about you and not about the people you're helping, get the hell out of there. Do not go into a home if you're not in a good frame of mind. You know, step back. Let someone else take over. Um, and contact us. We're here to help teach the next generation of researchers. That's We've got great. good people. If we're, yeah. if we're able to hook you in, we will. That's amazing. It's hard to get in the foundation. Don't get me wrong. Uh, because our our goal is our clients. It's not anybody else. That, right. It's always the people we serve first. That makes perfect sense. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Thank you. And that I'm so grateful that that's how the foundation is rooted. And that's just, I, I think there's, 
There's so much, um, and we've talked a little bit about it, but there's so much uh, Hollywood. There's so much, I'll be perfectly frank. We have a YouTube channel. So it's really hard sometimes for us to like go, okay, we got to kind of skirt that edge a little bit of, we want to definitely be the kind of people that, that don't take it for granted that always, you know, try to be as honest and upfront mm -hmm. as, as we can. And, you know, it's, it is. And, and I'm so grateful that, you know, especially with our audience, knowing what we, they know about us, but I'm so grateful to build that kind of a community. And I, it's always scary to see the other side of the, of the telescope, so to speak. Cause I always think that I know I don't really want to be like that. And I know we don't no. really ever want to approach things that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful your foundation for, for being like that. That's awesome. It's a great way to honor your grandparents for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They and, deserve it. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. Like, yes, they do. Uh, like I said, I'm an enormous fan of, of your grandparents. So I, you know, Me they're too. definitely our pioneers. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We would hope so. Yeah, I, I would, I would think, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So we had talked a little bit about my kind of issues, but um, I say issues, but it, for somebody who, who is kind of in my position where they have, they think they may have some abilities uh, and I know you mentioned on your website, um, you have some videos to, to, to get some advice on that too, but what would you, what would you recommend for a sensitive psychic or an empath? How would you recommend a girl? Right. Well, first things first, uh, one, you need to learn how to protect yourself. And the simplest way to do that is by first focusing your faith. Um, I'm a pastor, but I'm a pastor without any religion whatsoever. I don't believe God cares what your religion is. I think that God only cares that you're showing empathy and faith in God. And if you show empathy toward your fellow man, if you show faith in God, if you're protecting others, you're, you're as close to God as you're going to get. Right. But there is a way of focusing your faith. Now, I don't care if you call it Yahweh, Jehovah, Jesus, Muhammad, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. God doesn't care. All right? right? But have you heard of something called the white light? I have. Okay. Yes. Well, do this with me, okay? I want you to close your eyes and take some deep cleansing breaths in through the nose, hold it for a few seconds, and out through the mouth. Do this about three times until you feel very centered. Then I want you to picture deep inside of your chest this warm, white, loving light. This represents the spark of God that we carry within us, our connection to God. I want you to then picture that warm, loving light spreading through your chest, down through your body like warm, flowing honey, moving down through your legs down through your feet, you can feel it tingling, up through your shoulders, down through your arms and through your hands, filling up your head. And then I want you to picture this brilliant white light spilling out of the pores of your skin like the most brilliant white light in the universe. So bright that you cannot be seen within this ball of light. Once you've done that, and you don't have to literally picture it. 
the idea is that you are focusing your intention to connect with God, to fill up you with his love and his light, and then surround you and protect you with it. Then you can protect your home, your loved ones, and anyone else out there in the universe. You can direct that energy. You do this every morning and every night when you're in bed at your most relaxed. That's step number one. All right? Now, step number two. And you are not living any place where you're going to be doing this anytime soon. <laughs> uh, you go outside barefoot mm -hmm. on the bare grass. Grounding. Yeah, psychic yes. grounding. This is, this is quantum physics at work. And the idea is if you're somebody who picks up the energy of others and you suffer from anxiety attacks, panic attacks, what have mm -hmm. you, even if you suffer from depression, we know scientifically, this is a fact, that when you walk outside on the bare earth with your bare feet, there is an exchange of ionic energy yep. that is very healing for people with panic disorders and depression. But when you combine it with the ritual that I'm about to teach, then it becomes exponentially more powerful and will help you to get rid of that jangly, extra nervous energy that you pick up every day. All right. So you go outside on the grass. Now, I get it. You know, you probably got a foot of snow out there. Take a <laughs> garbage can, turn it upside down. So you have a, a blank spot of grass where you can do this for 30 seconds or a minute when you need to. All right. Okay. But go out there, close your eyes, do your deep cleansing breaths. And then I want you to picture this white cord going down from the top of your head, straight down through your body like a lightning rod, deep down into the earth. All right. And I want you to picture, again, with your eyes closed, all of that negative energy you've picked up, all going down through that cord and grounding out into the earth. You can even use the aura of energy around your hands to wipe that negative energy down off of you. Because you are using this ritual to focus your intention, it is very powerful. Hmm. We know the observer changes the outcome of experiments. We know that we can manipulate energy. Mm -hmm. I have I have studied these amazing Tibetan uh, Buddhist monks and what they're capable of, and I'll tell you, if they can do it, we can do it too. It just right. takes a certain amount of discipline, and yeah. that is a very, very, very good technique. Now there are many, many others where you can add colors to your protection, or for you being an empath. I would suggest also when you feel threatened, like you feel energy coming at you, picture that white light surrounding you, but then picture it with a mirrored surface outside of that, like a, a mirrored globe. So all of that negative energy is reflected back upon whoever is sending it toward you. Hmm. Okay. Your intention, your focus really does make a huge difference. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I've been in that position where I had to tell myself to, to calm down, um, set my intention. What am I trying to do? You know, and 
You're absolutely right. I've I've definitely walked that that mile up to this point in my life yeah. for sure. Yeah. Wow. Actually, any of these rituals that every religion uses for spirits, all of them are based around the idea of setting limits for the spirit world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. we are capable of doing that. It doesn't matter what ritual it is. It matters about your faith in the ritual. Right. That's why if you're a Christian and I hold up the Star of David, you're not going to care. <laughs> you don't have right. any faith that that has any power. Exactly. You know, it's not going to mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. But if I'm using something that actually has faith behind it, then, yeah, it can be very powerful. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, advice. closing my eyes during that, it really helped. I, I appreciate that. It really helped kind of... Centering. Yeah, that's that's very centering. I appreciate that. You know, um, as we kind of get closer to the end, and, and again, thank you so much, but uh, what, you know, kind of circling back a little bit with your grandparents, um, look, there's so much information out there, and I know that there is some good, some bad, some very, very misguided information. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the biggest misconception about your grandparents that you would like to share that that I know that that may or, <laughs> or, clear, or, or the clear the air of some things that you would like to, to mm-hmm. talk about. Honestly, I, I just did a 35 minute video after that. Uh, what was it called? The devil on trial came out. Oh yeah. On yeah. Netflix. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was on that. I, I did a two hour interview for them and they come out with like three minutes. I was like, you're kidding me. Yeah. But, um, My grandparents have been accused of a lot of things over the years, but they were good people. They cared about people. They would drop anything to help anyone. They've been accused of being con men. They've accused of being pedophiles. It's like, are you kidding me? I was a a child abuse investigator for seven years. If I thought for a second my grandparents were pedophiles, I'd have turned them in myself. Right. Oh, my God. I know exactly where that particular story came from, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, after the first Conjuring movie came out, uh, one of the producers had been dropped from the second movie, and he got really upset. So he went to the author of The Demonologist, and he found some woman to say that she had been, I, I don't know, groomed, I guess, and uh, took that to Warner Brothers. They didn't get anything out of it. Right. Yeah. But that's where the story got started. Um, Jeez. You know, my grandparents used publicity. I don't. Right. It was a different time. They had no choice back then. There right. wasn't internet to let people know who they were. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't have a lot of options. Yeah. Right. So, yes, my grandfather and I butted heads on that one a lot. It was mm-hmm. not something I liked. But in retrospect, I understand it today. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Are there good and bad things about them? Yeah, they were human. Absolutely. They they had feet of clay like everyone else. Don't put them on a pedestal. Don't put anybody on a pedestal. You you will be disappointed. Everybody wants to put me on one. I'm like, I am just, I have fallen down more times than anybody else you know. I just happen to have gotten up one more time than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I well said. I'm in the I'm in the same camp. 
<laughs> yeah. Falling We're alive. just people. Yeah, Anybody that's right. who wants to elevate you above that, they're doing themselves a disservice and they're doing you a disservice. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm I'm very curious, and I'm sure many people are curious, because of, of your grandmother's abilities and just who your grandparents were, have you ever had the feeling that they visited you from the other side since they've been gone? Many times. Oh, my God. Yeah. My grandmother has been to see me so many times. And she, they've both shown up to many people. They're very active. Uh, there was one time I was having an online Christmas party during COVID in Nova Sorry, in Scotland. And my grandparents showed up during the online Christmas party. And everybody was aware of it. And there was a psychic medium next to me. And all of a sudden, I've got goosebumps. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she looks at me and she says, yeah, your grandmother just said, yes, Christopher, we're here. I'm like, yeah, my grandmother's the only one that calls me Christopher. (laughs) Then I was in... um, a sanitarium in uh, outside of San Jose, Costa Rica. And I was trying to help this little ghost pass over mm-hmm. a little child. And the child wouldn't listen to me, even though I was speaking in Spanish. Huh. And my grandfather, I noticed standing right next to me with his arms like this. And I was like, Chris, what are you doing? All right. And my grandmother comes over, gets down on one uh, knee takes the babe, the child by the hand and goes into the light. It was fantastic. Another time I was in an interview in Lima, Peru. The interview asked me about the time when we had the Christmas party. And then he said, "Is your are your grandparents with you here now? I said, no. Well, and then there was another medium next to me and she's like, <sighs> Because <laughs> my grandparents just showed up, and my grandmother wow. gives me this big hug, and I'm like, "Oh no, they're here! Yeah, they're 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 here." But they they That's they've me. shown up. I was living with my grandmother the last year and a half of her life, and okay. I was with her the day she died, the whole day, and um, hmm. just the two of us. And after she died, she was immediately there within moments. Yeah. I said, "Grandma, are you still here?" And I got this high-pitched noise. I was like, okay, Graham, okay. Just want to make sure you're still okay. You know, yeah. that's her body's right there. Wow. And, um, but they, they used to show up all the time. I got into some trouble about four or five months ago. And I got cursed. And I was under attack. And my grandmother went to six different people, four of them on the same night, to warn them to warn me that I was under attack and that Mm -hmm. I needed to get help. I'm a very, I don't like magic. I don't like the idea of magic. I don't like the idea of curses. They, they offend my sensibilities. Um, So this was an important lesson for me to learn. I was electrocuted. I was thrown across the room. I had everything break in the house. I had mysterious bruises showing up all over my body. Uh, I was crippled. I couldn't walk for a month and it was all a magic attack. And the moment I did this one ritual to fix it, the moment I did that, it stopped. Hmm. So is it important? Yeah. Yeah. The magic, like the, my grandmother was there watching out for me. 
That's awesome. My grandfather, on the other hand, he he's not around as much anymore. He used to be around waiting for my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he's off on his own journey now. My grandmother is making up for lost time. She, yeah. She um, she spent too many years doing nothing. So now she's everywhere. Yeah. As I would hope anybody, I, I certainly think uh, I'm going to go as far as I can too. So. To have her on your side yeah. and still watching over you is it's just heartfelt. Yeah, it really know. is. That's just. Hmm. Well, I love my you know, yeah, yeah <laughs> who, it, absolutely. It, I, I know a lot of people would do. Um, but, you know, yeah. Chris, again, thank you so much for for taking this time with us. Um, you know, kind of in, in closing, you know, you talked about how people can reach you. I don't know if you want to kind of cover that again and. Um, that, you know, that we're kind of at the end and how they want to reach you and, and how to, uh, get involved with, with your foundation. Absolutely. If you go to www.warrenlegacyfoundation.com or warrenfiles.com, there's a contact us link on there. There's two actually, one for requesting help and one for applying to the foundation. Um, you're more than welcome to do either. You can also reach out to me on Warren Files on Instagram or Chris McKinnell on Facebook or Warren Legacy Foundation on Facebook. And we've got tons of great people. We'll make sure we get the right people involved with your particular case and get you the help you need, no matter where you are in the world. We've got people to help you. Fantastic. That's great. Again, Chris, thank you so, so much. And on behalf of our audience, we appreciate you taking time to come talk with us. My pleasure. God bless you both. Thank you for letting me come on. Mm, bless thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Man. Well, <laughs> there you have it. I mean, Chris McKinnell. I, okay, so obviously we talked a lot about his grandparents, and they are obviously the the main thing that may or may not have got you to watch this. Right. And and granted, it, that's expected, but you know, there's so much he has to offer that is just not, it just doesn't circumvent his entire, you know, grandparents and, and his upbringing. Granted, that's a huge part of, of where he's at, but you know, he's moving forward, you know? Well, he's trying to continue on with their legacy. Right. You know, because they're gone now, mm -hmm. at least in body form. Yeah. Um, but... I think that's admirable of him to try to continue on yeah. and to build this foundation, you know, to try to help people all over the world. I think that yeah. is just an amazing thing that he has done. Yeah. Um, you know, cause everybody needs help. Yeah. And, you know, and to continue to keep it free. I mean, and at the level that he's at, he could charge for this. Oh, of course. Yeah. He's a, you know, descendant of the Warrens. He yeah. could get money if he really wanted to. Sure. And the fact that he is so humble about who he is and continues to just learn and research and help and train other people and give yeah. advice. He's a remarkable man. He is. And I think that, I don't know, it's just very admirable. Yeah, I mean... You're absolutely right. And not just that, he's just, if you guys hadn't noticed, he's so easy to talk so to. He's such to a earth. grounded guy, yeah. you know, and yeah. Because people can let that go to their head. Sure. You get a certain level, you know, and I know he's not them. 
No. But I mean, he he's their grandson. He was with them when he was a teenager. He's been on all these cases. He could have let that go to his head. Sure. And he absolutely has not. No, I he's... mean, he is a fantastic person. Yeah. Um, and it's different when you're actually speaking with him, you know, because, of course, we're on a podcast. So we were speaking with him before. Right. Leading up to this. And I will tell you, he is exactly the person he is on screen as off screen. Yeah. I mean, just a very nice, sweet man. And he is here on Earth to help people. Yeah. And that is what he's continuing to do. And I think he kind of, I would imagine, embodies the spirit of Lorraine. Yeah. Because whenever you see her, see interviews with her, she just seems like the sweet lady. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's, he's like the sweet man. And I just think he kind of embodies her spirit in a way. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, we neither one of us knew Ed or Lorraine. No. But no. from what we know of them, it just, I think they had probably a very special bond. Yeah, I would think so too. And especially with the, you know, with the possibility of the having this abilities. shared abilities, yes. right? So yes, they got, we're very close. Yeah. I mean, guys, you, you tell us, I mean, hit us up on the comments. Tell us, tell us what you think. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's so much to, to talk about, but you know, it's, it's more than just the movies. Ed and Lorraine were, were human just as, as Chris said. And, and there were a lot of things that, that they struggled with too. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a great episode. I had a blast mm-hmm. um, talking to him. Yeah, he's just he's just amazing. But and if you're interested, I mean, there's tons of information out there about all these cases. I mean, don't go and watch the movie and think that's exactly how it happened because it's very untrue yes. <laughs> in most of the cases. Yes. Um, but you can read up, and I and you know he he's got his own YouTube channel where they've got the Warren files mm-hmm. where he talks about different things on different episodes. I encourage you to go watch those. Yeah. We've watched a few of them. Yeah, they're great. Um, and they're great. And he goes into all explanations of it. So I think yeah. it's a very good resource if you're interested in finding out the truth. Um, and when you get up that high, you know, I mean, people will come after you too. Yeah, they do. And we have to remember that, that these people were good people. Yeah. Um, they tried to help. They did what they had to at the time, you know, to to get the word out. But they never charged these people money. And they no. could have. Yeah. They could have. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about it, guys. I mean, he's he is everything he, he you imagine him to be. And he's just a joy to talk to. And, Chris, if you're watching, thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, but other than that, guys... Uh, what a great episode it was and yeah. you know he explained it you know like all the places you can find him um and i encourage you to do that if you're you know sensitive or wanting to become a paranormal investigator any right. of those types of things or you're just interested please go to their website yeah. i mean he listed those out a couple of times but i'll make sure and put them on our facebook page all the links to all those sites so you can check them out right which reminds us facebook hit us up there yeah. Paranormal is uh, the way to go, and that's our podcast. So, <laughs> I mean, hit us up. We're at uh, Generation X Paranormal Podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Music by Carl Casey at White Bad Audio. Check out our YouTube at Generation X Paranormal 
Also, check out our Facebook, Generation X Paranormal Podcast. Love to have you. See you then.